In early 2015, my two best friends were Irish. They made me watch Gremlins almost every day, and I was responsible for keeping them alive because they were two and four years old, and I was their nanny. I was living in Cork, just down the street from them, with my boyfriend, who was also American. I'd studied abroad in Dublin and really fell in love with how Irish culture pushed back on my type A personality. I'm the type of person who makes plans literally years in advance, and when I'm not anxious about how much I have to do, I'm anxious about how little I have to do. In Ireland, you're lucky if a bus shows up on time or if your shoes last a month in the rain. You have to learn to just go with it. So fresh out of college, I thought it would be a dream to move back on a year-long visa to remember how to live a slower life. I invited my boyfriend to come along. We weren't making friends fast those first few months abroad. Friends usually came pretty easy to me, but making friends as a couple in a foreign country can be daunting. Our desperation for company grew so strong that we'd listened for the footsteps of our upstairs neighbor, Stephen, a definite drug dealer. <laughs> and my boyfriend would sprint out of the flat with the garbage to stage a run-in. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'd pace by the door hoping to catch some of the juicy small talk. When he'd come in, I'd debrief. How'd it go? Tell me exactly what he said. At night, we'd lie awake in bed, role-playing future conversations we'd have with Stephen. <laughs> with my boyfriend foregoing any job not related to his graphic design degree, which was all of them, and me playing tea time with toddlers, we didn't have a lot to work with socially. It was a long, cold Irish winter, which means they got about an inch of snow and the whole place shut down. One Friday, early April night, it let up, so we decided to pop into our neighborhood for a drink, maybe meet people. The pub across the street was closed, but the wine bar next door looked warm and welcoming. There were three people in the bar. There was a girl working. She looked to be about our age, 22, 23, and two very old, very drunk Irishmen. One of the men muttered something like, oh, risking it tonight, eh? And I say, huh, yeah, my go-to when I don't understand someone's accent. The girl tells us she can't get the cash drawer open, so we'll have to pay an exact change. Not a problem for us. She politely overpours. <laughs> Light bulb. Here we are with a person our age drinking goblets of wine. See where I'm going with this? She tells us her name, and I gotta be honest, I don't remember it. It was one of those Irish names you hear and instantly forget, like Sinead or Siobhan or Neve, maybe. We drink, she pours us a second, and she asks if we'd like to play poker. Now, I've never played poker, never really cared to, but for the sake of the future coffee dates I am now determined to have with this girl, and the nights where we stay in watching movies and talking about our childhoods, and the nights where we start at the local pub, end up at a nightclub, and share drunk curry chips, I am willing to learn. <laughs> this girl seems young, fun. Maybe not my usual type of friend. She has a bit of an edge to her that I can't quite figure out. But 
Gut impressions don't count when you've barely talked to another adult in months. One of the two drunk men leaves as we're starting poker. Uh, I am sitting at a table facing the back of the man still left at the bar, very, very concentrated on his wine. My boyfriend is across from me here, and Sinead Siobhan Sersha is to my left. She has just broken out the cards when the man at the bar slowly tips back off of his bar stool and falls hard like a dead tree on the ground. We rush to crouch around him. He's shit himself. <laughs> there's red everywhere. I can't tell if it's from the wine or if there's blood involved now. I beg Sinead Siobhan Cueva to call an ambulance, but she insists he's a local drunk. He's fine, just needs a taxi. This goes on for an hour. My boyfriend is now trying to hoist him up by the shoulders. I'm wearing his puke. I am certain this guy is down to stay when two Garda, Irish cops, walk into the bar and say, what the hell is going on here? So. The thing you guys need to know is that in 1927, Ireland passed a law called the Intoxicating Liquor Act, which banned the sale or consumption of alcohol on a licensed premises on Christmas Day and Good Friday, which that night in early April, it happened to be. And look, I was raised Catholic, and it's my understanding that Good Friday is good because it tells you Easter's in two days which means all the best types of eggs, Cadbury cream, deviled, pastel painted. So I was good at Catholicism. Irish Catholicism, clearly a different beast. In the weeks prior, I had been so focused on assembling an Easter meal for two and finding a freaking friend or five that I'd completely missed the warning signs. Warning signs like that Friday afternoon at the local grocery, the alcohol section had been covered in a bed sheet. Hmm, I thought, remodeling. <laughs> Warning signs like, I'd actually read about this law online that month, but thought it was so absurd that it must be optional for participation. Warning signs like Sinead Javon Ajling not being able to open the cash drawer, or the thing the man muttered when we walked in, oh my God, what would I tell my parents when I called them from an Irish jail cell on Easter weekend? Sinead Siobhan Ava ramps up the sass and tells the Garda defiantly that her family owns this place and this is a private party. I'm terrified of lying to authority, but I really hope she considers this a party because that means we're one step closer to lifelong friendship. An ambulance takes the man on the floor away via stretcher, and the guardas separate the three of us for questioning. I shoot my boyfriend a look that says, don't get us into trouble, but do not ruin this friendship for me. I overhear Sinead Siobhan Sive tell her designated Garda, in her clearly Irish accent, that she's American, and her name is Katie. I tell my Garda that I am truly American, and so is my boyfriend, and we had no idea. And no, I don't know her name. I really don't. That's the truth. And I play as ditzy and as dumb as possible when another woman shows up out of nowhere, screaming in my face. 
She says she's friends with the owner who's in hospital and has left his daughter to run the bar. And Katie Sinead Siobhan over there, yeah, not his daughter. She also tells me that if I don't know the laws of this country, I shouldn't be allowed in it. And that breaks my heart a little. I want to defend myself. I want to apologize profusely, but I am stunned into a drunk silence. A fourth Garda comes in and takes my boyfriend and me outside. She pats us down for marijuana, which we don't have, maybe should have for friendship's sake. She tells us we'll be getting calls about our hearing dates and we can go home. I'm devastated by how this night has turned out and still, I didn't get Katie Sinead Siobhan's Facebook info or like her phone number or anything. When I get called to my hearing a few weeks later, I have to fess up to my employers who find the situation hilarious. They take me to the Garda station where I'm just issued a warning. Katie Sinead Siobhan is there too. She almost outright ignores me except for a devious smirk and it dawns on me that this is all her fault. Suddenly, I stop pining for her friendship because I'm pissed. I never do find out who she is or why she was there that night. It's rumored she was kitchen staff and had spare keys. A few days before the hearing, my boyfriend and I broke up. There had been warning signs for that too. His refusal to get a meaningless job to support me as I was supporting him now with two jobs, asking him to fulfill my dream of moving here on a whim in a good moment of an already rocky relationship. We drove each other nuts with no friends to vent to and no end in sight. Besides that, I worried endlessly over the impression that I thought I'd left as a bad American. Ireland is in my heritage and I craved belonging. I was worried that I'd stained the part of my identity that could claim Ireland as my own. I came to realize though that my desperation to fit in was causing me to stand out. That night at the bar, I wasn't there to represent all of America. I wasn't there to deliberately disrespect anybody's laws. And I certainly wasn't there to ruin relationships with my parents or my employers. My obsession with fitting in went against the very lesson that drew me to Ireland in the first place. Chill the heck out. In this beautiful country, I could find respite from the frizzy live wires of my anxious type A personality, if I let go. And so I said screw it, and did let go of my boyfriend and of my need to conform. I moved into a little house with three strangers from different corners of the world, They became dear friends, and it was the best living situation I've ever had. I befriended Steven, the drug dealer. (laughs) And I still to this day have no idea how to play poker. In a weird twist of fate, Ireland removed Good Friday from the Intoxicating Liquor Act of 1927 (laughs) just this year. (laughs) Effective last Friday, March 30th. So... The next time you're vacationing on the Emerald Isle for Easter holiday, step into a pub, talk to a local, and raise a pint for me. Thank you.